Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. Today I have my friend Braden Brunholzel, uh, amateur mycologist, an explorer, a creator of all things, a hunter, a gatherer, a uh, psychonaut, and really just an awesome guy. And today we explore, well, at least we started to, to explore some of the ideas about functional mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms, but really the talk evolved into a, uh, a podcast about world issues and the way that we perceive the world around us. After the podcast recording, I started to think about really what was our target message. And I, and I really think that it was about when we move down this path of awakening, you can't go back to sleep. Once you've sort of opened your eyes to the way that things, the way that things are, you can't go back to the way that the facade that is being portrayed or the way that we we're supposed to learn it from our schools, from our governments. It's kind of like the story that I've heard about Ananda, my ma, who was called the God intoxicant, where she started to act differently. Maybe in the Western world would be called crazy, but yet in India, she was embraced and loved, knowing that she was on this path to her enlightenment. But it was an awakening process that was a little bit uncomfortable. And many of us, when we start to walk this path, find ourselves in a place of God intoxication where we see the world differently and we want to make changes to everything. And yet all we can really be in charge of is our own healing, our own journey and living the life, as Mahatma Gandhi said, making our life our message. I really hope you enjoy this talk from uh, this podcast today with uh, that I did with my friend Braden, who lives up in, in Alaska. and his world travels, we're going to go through some of the different mushrooms that, that are really important to, to in, our, in our ecosystem and how the mycelium complex is, is built and how different mushrooms grow, some of the medicinal or psychoactive mushrooms and how they open up different realms of consciousness. Really fascinating stuff, and really, uh, I wish we could have talked for hours, but I've been trying to keep the podcast to a certain time limit, but I wish we could have talked for hours. So I think I'm going to have to have Braden back on the podcast, maybe in, in the near future, to, to continue this conversation, a part two, if you will. Also, before we begin, I just wanted to thank everyone who's been supporting the podcast uh, through the patron page, uh, patron.podbean.com. Um, also, the, I just released a book that you can find on Amazon, um, The SS Meditation Goes to the Moon. Those who have been purchasing that really helps uh, fund what we're doing here on the podcast. And I think I might even maybe even do a small reading on in future uh podcasts of the book. I've also created an Etsy page, which is my ssmeditation.etsy.com. Um, lots of mindful 
apparel, if you will, just breath work and lungs and different things for the fall and different things to support the SS meditation. I have some shirts that are about abundance and some that are about being calm and meditation and mindfulness and breath work. And you can find those all over at the ssmeditation.etsy.com page. I'll put all the links down below. We refer to a few organizations in this podcast, which I'll also refer to in the notes. Um, so you can support them or just to look up what their messages are, like Akiak and the Divine Assembly. Uh, thanks for following along today, and I hope you enjoy this podcast with my friend Braden Brunhosel. What's up, Braden? What's going on, man? What's good? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be home. I've yeah, been... I hear you. Yeah. I've been, so you're uh, back in Alaska, back up uh, in Palmer, Alaska, and where the where the lights are, the northern lights are shining upon you and offering a nice green yeah. glow. Um, either that or you're hibernating for the winter. We're not sure, but uh, you know you're you're definitely back in the zone. And as I understand it, you are transforming the the home in which you are in into a, a, a hostel for. For visitors, for travelers, for retreats, and all yeah. things good. Is that, is that still in the works up there? Yeah, that's still in the works. And I'm trying to get it, like, the ball rolling, you know? My parents have a little bit of stagnation because they're in ingrained habit patterns from yep. past experience, as all of us have, you know? And uh, yeah, so that can be challenging to navigate sometimes. And... So what has been going on for me this past week has been just out of this world. Like I've been manifest, not me, there's something moving through me that's been manifesting things left and right. And well, you woke up this week and you woke up this week in Mexico, right? And now you're back in Alaska. So you, you've been on <laughs> either side. I'm right in the middle. You know, I'm still been in Utah. I was actually planning a, a, a Mexico trip to come to come down that direction. Um, and I still am. I'm actually looking at um, going near San Pancho and I'm going to be down in the, the Baja Peninsula in April, um, just doing a little bit of work, doing a little bit of vacation. And yeah, I'd like to get back up there to Alaska. I know we, we I got to give a little, our listeners a little bit of background history here so then we can jump into everything that's happening. But yeah, yeah I came up there over the summer and we, we did a little road trip. We went uh, we went down to Girdwood and we um, got into the Portage Glacier, which was amazing. Um, I was there with uh, your mom and my my beloved and a few others, and then we went down to um, we went down to Seward and we got into to some water down there. I watched it rain a whole lot, and then we headed back up to Palmer and Wasilla, and you and I jumped into the delicious Hasher Pass water together. Oh, that uh, was a beauty. <laughs> that, was, that was a good day. It was a really good day. And I, I you know, I really enjoyed um, all of my dips there. I think there's something really special about being um, at particular latitudes, you know, in general. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, when you get above a certain latitude, you feel a different connection to the cosmos. And when you get below a certain latitude, there is another connection to different cosmoses. You know, I think they, they talk about the Trop of Cancer just being this portal, yeah. if you will. And, you know, I know that you do a lot of work with, with mushrooms. And it's funny you brought up chaga because I was just doing a, a veterans retreat last week and we drank, we drank a chaga tea every morning, I, you know, from a powder that, you know, I wasn't as 
fortunate as when I was up there when you were making me the beautiful tinctures with chaga and having those in our tea every day. We just had like a, a chaga powder that we would mix and I added like a little non-dairy creamer and just made me feel right. better, you know, made me feel really good. And I think that the especially fungi in its in its uh, purest forms has become a way for us to bring in um, our, the way we manifest, to change our vibration, to um, even tap into areas we didn't know really existed within us. And yeah. I would love to hear about how you said there's there's some moving and shaking happen. Talk to me. I see a big hunk of chaga standing in front of the camera here. Um, and I'd love to hear how you, you uh, are using these medicines, which we're going to get into the difference in functional mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms here in a minute, but how you're using these mushrooms to navigate your current state from one side of the globe to the other. Um, so tell uh, me what's happening. So I've really been resorting to the mushrooms recently to ground me because the mushrooms are of the earth. So chaga, for example, is it's really slow growing and I've been moving really fast. So I've been tapping into the chaga essence because chaga takes like three to five years to grow. And so that's why we're working on some sustainability projects to make sure that chaga is being sus sustainably harvested and it can't be uh, cultivated in the general lab sense as in you can't cultivate chaga um in a lab like other mushrooms like cordyceps or oyster mushrooms or lion's mane uh which is also chaga be a really hard mushroom i mean i mean like what i mean when i felt the pieces of chaga i mean it's a rock hard i mean are they, are they like that by nature or that they that like that after they dry out yeah the chaga is rock hard and the chaga is actually technically not a mushroom it's a mycelial conch it's it grows on the okay. side of birch trees and um, mushrooms are the reproductive mechanism of the mycelium which is the neural network that is in the ground that is connects the trees that communicates trees together connects trees and so the the mushroom is only the reproductive mechanism because it disperses the spore and the mushroom of the the mushroom of the chaga is really rare the fruiting body is the technical term and uh, the fruiting body of the chaga is uh is pretty rare to see like it only happens every so often and i think there's only a few pictures of it interesting so the 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 pretty um elusive the chaga fruiting body but so you're using you're using that to slow down because everything has been moving really fast for you. Okay. And and I, I hear that. It's interesting. I mean, there's so many. The world moves fast. The, the, the world in, in general moves fast unless you live in rural Alaska. Sometimes <laughs> the world moves fast really everywhere. And what was that? Uh, there was a, a movie that came out in the 1980s and it, it was called uh, I think it was called Better Off dead i think that's what that one was called no 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 this was this was ferris bueller's day off that's what the one was and he basically oh, okay. in ferris bueller's day off where he said the world moves really fast and if you don't take a moment to look around you might miss it and exactly. that was kind of the that's kind of the quote for for it is we don't always take a minute to look around 
And we usually end up missing the essence of what life really is because we're so caught up in, I don't know, the, the, the silly details, the, the really yeah. silly details, the, the ones that really don't make that big of a difference in the long run, but yet we call them so important or, you know, or we, we get anxious about if we'll complete a task properly. But really, in the grand scheme of things, if we were to take a bucket, let's say, a bucket that you would go foraging with, right? And I would ask you to fill it up with a bucket full of anxiety and just bring it back to me in your foraging. Could could you fill that bucket up? And the truth is, no, you you, you couldn't. Yeah. You, there's, no, there's, no, there's no tangible thing that's called anxiety. It's, uh-huh. it's our manifested mind, what we believe it to be. And so we utilize um the tools that we have to calm what the yogis call the cheetah the cheetah is the whirlwind of our mind this place where we store data where we store data and just like the mycelium complex stores data about what it's supposed to you know fruit eventually and what, what it's supposed to produce we store all these feelings thoughts emotions all this stuff and we don't always express it. So there are some, there are some mushrooms that are functional, and there are some that are medicinal. And I'd love to hear your take on that because I think that the medicinal mushrooms take us beyond the manifested piece into maybe another realm of existence that we can experience um, by utilizing the medicine. And I, I just would love to hear your 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 view on functional versus medicinal. So I think those are just like you're talking about. I really appreciate what you said about getting caught in the details. And I really struggle with that, you know, Mm. and uh, because I, my brain works so meticulously and all the time. And it's like, I just need a time to relax and calm down and look around. Like you were saying, and that's where the mindfulness comes in, because if I don't have any mindfulness, I'm not going to notice any mushrooms and the, I'm not going to hear the message that the mushroom is telling me where it's at, because it will speak. It speaks in the energetic form, like the bucket analogy. It speaks yeah. in non-tangible form. But if you're quiet enough, you can hear. <laughs> so the difference between function, functional and medicinal mushrooms, I guess I would d- make the discernment of the way that the mushroom has been processed and extracted. It's possible to create like pharmaceutical grade medications from natural products. It's called natural products chemistry. And so that is the act of extracting the mushroom and pulling out the beneficial compounds that are locked within what's called chitin inside the mushroom. That's why this chaga is rock hard. It's got what's called chitin and it's the same, I believe it's the same material that uh, crabs make their shells out of. And so it's really hard. And so the human body cannot digest chitin. And so that's the purpose of the extraction process is to make it more bioavailable, which means that it's more easily absorbed into the human body. 
And so that's where I'm at in my phase right now with the mushrooms. I'm trying to acquire the lab equipment so that I can produce these pharmaceutical grade medications and give them to my family for free. Because if you guys haven't noticed, mushroom products are incredibly expensive. And Yeah, yeah. And they, they come from the earth, you know, and, and they, yeah. they should be, you know, they should be available to many. And, and a lot of them are really delicate. I remember you, you would talk to me about cordyceps being just extremely hard to grow and, and talk, I know, I know that you were working on an experiment with them and I, I think it was thriving. I believe it was, um, yeah, tell yeah. me about, tell me about like the delicacy of cordyceps and, and maybe why they are so delicate and what their maybe even what some of their value is like, what, what do we use cordyceps for? Well, cordyceps are really unique because they are a parasitic fungus and they grow naturally in the wild on insects. And that's like you, they will take over an insect and make it go towards water. It basically controls its mind and brings it towards a water source so that it can release its spores and distribute spores. I believe that's cordyceps because at cordyceps militaris there's various different uh, strains of cordyceps and what's most commonly cultivated is cordyceps militaris and uh, it's most commonly cultivated on brown rice and it's actually not that difficult to cultivate because the you just have to have the conditions set up properly because yeah. cordyceps is a cold lover it thrives at like 62 to 65 degrees. And these mushrooms actually create a biothermal, they're biothermal generators. Mm. So that is also something that could be utilized that I just thought of right now is that <laughs> we had big tubs of mycelium that were just fermenting and doing their thing. They're generating heat. And if we had those in a building, it could help to heat the building because I've touched jars of mycelium and they're warm to the touch. Like they will get to 75 degrees in room, room temperature. That's interesting to think about because, you know, many trees, especially where you live, um, go through a deep uh, burying every year of snow, you know, and the mycelium is still very much, very much present at the, the roots, and perhaps I'm I'm making an assumption here, but perhaps warming the roots, keeping them from what we would know as a frostbite or as a you know as a, as a slowing down. I mean, we definitely will slow down. I, I you know you notice this with the maple trees certainly, you know as as the maple goes through its process of of uh, distributing its 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 sap you know, up, up at the trunk because everything is being pushed up. It's kind of like our own vasoconstriction that happens when we get in an ice bath. You know, there's like that constriction that happens, but it's it's doing that to keep our heart and our core safe, to keep us still functioning. And I feel like maybe the mycelium itself is saying, tree, you know what to do, but we're also going to give you a nice little blanket to help you through and, you know, and sort of help you distribute and still can and still have a connection to maybe the other trees. I, and I've, I've even heard stories about mycelium being a, a warning system for when there's fires in the area and how the mycelium will talk to the trees, almost saying, 
be prepared, get ready. And where, where trees will begin to like wilt or they'll drop their leaves when they know that there's fire coming. It's really interesting. It's really yeah. uh, fascinating. Uh, it's really a conversation, if anything, right? Uh, definitely. And they've been talking to me directly. And they've been telling me that there's suffering in the world. That's what I saw down in Mexico. You know, I saw that it was so easy for people to make money. But then we hear about all these atrocities being committed. We come back to the United States and we see there's school shootings happening. There's atrocities being committed in public places by people who are mentally unstable, unfortunately, because in my opinion, there's not a problem with guns. I've grown up around guns my entire life, you know? Yeah, Alaska, Alaska, everybody's going to be carrying them in Alaska because for wildlife, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to diverge into politics too much, but this is just, I'm talking about my direct experience in my life. And the mushrooms have told me that I need to stay put. I need to slow it down. I need to talk to people like you, the rocks in my life, the stones. And so they, they will speak to us if we're just willing to listen. That's the, that's the main thing. And we've forgotten that we're an extension of the earth. We've come up out of the earth. And people have forgotten that. And I believe that is the number one source of all the issues that we're facing today. Can you, can you go just, uh, if, if we can, go a little bit deeper about communing or talking with the mushrooms? I mean, I, I know on a metaphysical level what that means, but I'd like to hear your personal take about you mentioned it about three times now. And so I think it's an important topic for us to say, well, how are, how are we listening? How are we talking? And how are we responding to uh -huh. nature? Not just, you know, I mean, you can have a conversation and hope, but like, I, I think it goes deeper than just like talking yeah. verbally. Can, can you, can you, can you yeah. kind of expand on that for me? Yeah, it's a different type of communication. And uh, I believe mushrooms have evolved the human race with the stone date theory that maybe uh, people have heard of from Terrence McKenna that was popularized by Terrence McKenna. I don't believe he, he actually came up with the theory, but I think he really just spread, spread it widespread back in the day. Yeah. And uh, so he talked about various things and there's various ways to commune with the mushroom and it's a nonverbal communication. You commune with the mushroom by cultivating them, by appreciating them, by noticing them. If you notice them, they'll start to give you a message. And if you start to consume them, they'll start to give you more of a message. And each mushroom has its own personality. Like the chaga is rock hard. Like it has the personality of the stone, but it's a living organism. It has the personality of the tree to being rooted down. There's other mushrooms that grow up high in the trees and they have these spores that come out of the cap. Usually the spores are dropped from underneath the cap in the gills in traditional mushroom form, fruiting body form. But, and this chaga only produces its fruiting body every like, five years or so i'm not sure when it does it but i don't know i'm still learning 
and uh, cordyceps has its own personality. It's get up and and go. Don't let people get in your face, and it has a testiness to it. But all these mushrooms, they work together to create a well-rounded human being. Because when you're taking all these different personalities into yourself, into your sense of self, then you have a well-roundedness. You don't have these jagged edges shooting out, which is what we have when people stay in their bubble and don't travel. They don't experience the way other people live, which that's this trip that I recently was on was like my first time solo traveling for more than a couple weeks and actually like on my own accord. And I had to do some things to survive. I turned myself into the police in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> in Puerto Escondido in Oaxaca. And because I was walking around and nobody wanted to make change. That was the problem. Nobody trusts anybody down there. They thought all my bills were counterfeit because I was walking around to the tiendas giving away pesos, buying a bunch of food and just giving it away because I didn't care about the money because I was there to just spend money. But people didn't like that. They thought there was going to be some re repercussion from that, that, you know, the organization at B that I may or may not be a part of was mm. going to come and ask them to work for them, which I'm not a part of any organization. And so it's an interesting would, place. I mean, I know that Puerto is, um, I mean, there's a lot of expats there. I mean, they're definitely near like La Punta and Zipatella beach and stuff. That's a lot of expats there. You know, a lot of people traveling, um, people who are coming from other countries, you know, they're not, it's not, you know, heavily Mexican in some of those areas. Um, lots of people who live or are coming from America or surfers. I know it's a big surf community there. People from all over the world go there to surf and, um, and whatnot. Yeah. But it, you know, I, I haven't personally been there. I, it keeps showing up on my radar as a place that I want to go, uh, specifically Oaxaca. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I, I, you know, I've been thinking that there's a place near Oaxaca City, and I know, I believe it's where Maria Sabina kind of had her home and in, 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 in Mexico. And I know that there's a, a, a community where um, psychedelic or psychoactive mushrooms is I wouldn't call them legal, but they're but they're not criminalized in, in this particular uh, city. And I don't I don't know if you even know the name of the city. I, I, I don't recall it off the top of my head. Jimenez. There you go. That's where uh, Maria Sabina is from. Gotcha. Yeah, and they just don't persecute there because of it's it's kind of a tourist. A lot of people come there just to to commune with the mushrooms, which is uh -huh. great. Um, but then also, I think that there is a reverence that might be lost um, when you yeah. when you take when you take uh you know mushrooms which have psychoactive properties and turn them into a recreational um, yes. tool and that, that's where it gets lost you know a lot of us may have experienced mushrooms at a festival or while listening to music or whatnot and and that's fine and dandy because but i don't know that you have this certain reverence that the mushrooms not only deserve but i think require if we're going to go to a deeper level of understanding of them you know, I know that you and I have talked uh, a lot about different uh, different mushrooms that have their own personalities. I know where you are, uh, the Amanita right now is probably going crazy, the Amanita muscaria. I don't know if it's past its season, but I know in the fall they, they go pretty crazy up there. 
and they yeah, have it's a past now, but there was a, an abundance. There was yeah. an abundance. I saw a video of Paul Stamets showing off the Amanita maybe even a week ago. I don't know where he was, but massive ones, really big ones. And he was telling the stories, you know, the Santa Claus story that many people are familiar with uh-huh. and, and the Christmas story. And I, I truly do believe, I mean, I don't mean to put it in a comical terms by any means, but I think that a lot of our legends and a lot of our folklore have been influenced by the uh, plants that we live around. Even if you look at, at ancient petroglyphs and you look at, you know, even some of the drawings in the Mayan temples, um, the pyramids, you look at places in ancient Egypt and they're describing things with mushrooms. And there was a, there was a book and I don't know if you're familiar with it. It was called the immortality key um, by Brian Musgrove. Yeah. Brian Musgrove wrote that. And it was basically about the Eucharist being um, ergot, you know, having ergot in it and Uh ergot, which we know as the primary or the original non uh, man-made component of LSD. So we know uh-huh. that as a thing that that's what Sandoz used when they were making the first LSD components, and that's showing up in all these different pottery. It's showing up in pictures and carvings. This particular ergot mushroom, and in these cups, which look like, for all intents and purposes, the the Holy Grail. So that's what they look uh-huh. like. They look like the Grail, and people were drinking out of them and communing with them until religion got a hold of it and said, we don't want the people to talk to God on their own. They need a priest. Uh-huh. But, you, but you and I know yeah. we can, we can talk to God when we want to. And we do that. That's the dynamic of control, baby. Yeah. People yeah. want control. Contraindications. You know, it's got control has contraindications. Yeah, it, it does. Control, not control, it's control over other. That's where you go wrong. When you try to control someone else, you're creating an issue and you're creating an environment for things to go wrong. Things to go in a way that is not what we're trying to cultivate with this new revolution that's happening. There's a revolution happening on the planet and it's a peaceful one. And it's a one where people are going to recognize that, yeah, Jesus Christ did make the blind see. And he did that through Amanita muscaria mushroom. He did teach people to forgive them for they not, know not what they do because they don't. They just don't know. That was my experience here recently. Is I've been meeting a lot of people that just, they simply cannot understand the concepts that I'm trying to explain to them. And that's my fault because I'm not explaining it well enough. I need visual tools. I need books. I need people like you, Ryan Bean, to tell people how it is because not everyone's going to take my word for it because I have a past that is maybe not uh, the prettiest. I've been addicted to drugs in the past. I've not been addicted to uh, hard drugs, hard drugs. I think all drugs are this just chemical compounds and that they need to be treated as objects, not as, not as entities, even though they are. 
Yeah, there's certainly a difference between narcotics and tryptamines. I mean, there's definitely a difference yeah. in how they how they affect us and, and maybe the long term effects of them. You know, uh -huh. I work I mean, I'm in my clinic now. I work with ketamine mostly because it is the currently the only FDA approved medicine that we can use in a psychedelic form for therapy. However, that's changing. That's that is definitely changing. And there are people who are awakening to the idea and know that there are um, other there are other medicines that we don't need to have, you know, serotonin reuptake inhibitors to give us more uh -huh. serotonin. We can do that yeah. through and golden teachers. We can do that through other, other beautiful tools that we don't need a chemical compound, which first of all, has some addictive qualities to it. You feel like uh -huh. hell when you, when you, when you don't take it, you, yeah. you can't sleep. You have problems with, with your, uh, you know, sexual functions there's all yeah. kinds of reasons why you wouldn't want to do that. And yet you could take a golden teacher, uh, even in a micro dosing form and yeah. feel better. And yeah, you know, we, and we talked about yeah. this, that, that how the compounds need to be by a, by a mycologist, somebody like yourself, who is under more understanding people should listen because remember you had given me um, a kind of a little talk about the, the lion's mane and how it, how it, loves being together with the psilocybin uh, or the psilocin uh, with the mushrooms. It's just how it sort of makes the experience better. How it, and it, uh -huh. it's kind of like mashed potatoes and gravy. Like it's, it's you know, uh -huh. you're like, yeah. they, they're, they're just totally fine together. But what if you actually had chips and salsa rather than just salsa by itself, you know, like, yeah, uh -huh. it makes a better experience. And people are just, oh, give me a mushroom and they pop it in their mouth. And you're like, no, 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 there's a reverence and a love. And, exactly. and there's something that has to be looked at more than just like pop this in our mouth. Many people bless their food before they eat it, but do they have ceremony around mushroom? We hope they would. Yeah. A lot of people would. are phony holy, you know? Yeah. I've been there. And this is like doing the ritual, but you don't really believe in it. Like, just walk dancing the dance but there's no heart in it you know and i've done that in the past i didn't really grow up in a religious background and i think that has allowed me to freely think for myself myself yeah. but a lot of people don't think for themselves unfortunately and they don't access the resources that are available i highly recommend this book it's very technical but it will tell can you, you. Can can you read what it what it says? Because we're it's on a, podcast here. Just it's the reality switch technologies by Andrew R. Galmon. Psychedelics as okay. tools for the discovery and exploration of new worlds. If we're going to go okay. deep on psychedelics, this is the resource that we need to tap into. We need to tap into other podcasts such as Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Lab podcast. There you'll find all the information that Ryan Bean talks about in scientific detailed form, broken down in simple terms for the people to understand. And this is the problem. People are not educated and it doesn't cost money to educate people. But the people in the high towers want to charge the coin because the people in the high towers also are creating the pharmaceutical medications that have all these side effects by design. So then they can treat the side effects with more medications. But yeah. people have forgotten that we have everything we already need. We just need to look within 
and yeah, realize well, we can that go, the earth provides. We can go down. I mean, I, I've recently been educating myself more on water uh, because I know that, you know, water is a, is a, just an important resource, probably the most important resource on the planet. If we really say it, um, that water yeah. is something that we all need and we need access to clean water. We need access to untreated water, but it, but it's still treat, treated chemically. So we have a lot of water that has chloride in it. It has fluoride and all kinds of other iodes and minerals that they add back into water and essentially our water is dead essentially it's dead yes it's liquid but essentially it's not a it's it's lost it's living uh, components of it and but it can yeah. easily be recharged easily i mean so even dead water if you vortex it can yeah. be easily recharged so it needs to be vortex yeah. there's a place here there's a place here in utah where i go to get my water it comes directly from the spring you know, just right up from the ground. It's beautiful, gorgeous water that stays um, aerated for hours. Like you can see air bubbles in it for hours and hours and hours. It doesn't wow. go away. It's just this beautiful water. And yet it takes only a half hour drive to go get it. So I go uh -huh. get it there rather than, you know, out of a hose somewhere on the side of a house, you know, that, and I really do believe, and this is, this is us taking a deep dive here, that, the governments in which we subscribe to, we're both Americans in this particular conversation, but there are other governments, you know, hundreds of them all over the world, who, just like the religions of past who took away mushroom access, or at least said uh -huh. that it was evil, <laughs> they were, are also adding things to our water to prohibit us from accessing a beautiful organism that lives within us called our pineal. Now our pineal um, is really the center of where we connect to the, the mushroom medicine in a, I mean, there's other areas. I mean, we feel it in our heart and we feel it in our, in our pineal. We feel this connection that is beyond our physical realm. And I think when we believe, when we know, not believe, when we have faith and know that we are a spirit having a human experience, at that moment, we can tap into the spirit of the mushroom, of the mycelium, of, of the organisms that are there to support us. And I really truly believe that regardless of your religious background, your spiritual background, or your belief systems in any God, source, or universe, that these tools were given to us in a way that we could commune back to that source of our, of our being. That's right. And, it, and if we remove ourselves from the source of our being or the connection that we have, we have, I'm not going to say had, have, we have it. Uh -huh. When we remove that, things like anxiety, depression, suicide ideation, and all these things show up, addictions, they show up when we're not as deeply rooted and connected as the mycelium that runs underneath our feet. And I think that we really need to come back to, to go back to nature. Amen. 100%. You know, that is just spot on. It's you got to go to the root of all these issues. We can go around playing whack-a-mole, trying to <laughs> solve all these individual problems, but it's not going to work because the root problem is we forgot why we came here. We forgot who we are. And we're so much more than this one bodily form. And these teachers are here to show us that they're here to disidentify us with the body 
the body can die and that's fine. That's going to happen and it will happen yeah. because everything's changing all the time. These beliefs of control will die because they're form. Everything in form is always changing all the time and always dying and always being born again. And the problem is with this water situation, water is a human right. We're born onto this planet and we deserve to have clean water. Every human being deserves to have clean water. And it's very feasible. The problem is people want the control over other again. And they want the power because the further the gap between the haves and the have-nots, the more chaos there's going to be. The closer the gap, there's still got to be a gap. We cannot resort to communism and you know, that's just that doesn't work. We still got to have a gap, but we cannot let the gap get too big. You know, there's always going to be people addicted to drugs. There's always going to be people using drugs. The problem is that the drugs are illegal and then they get wrapped up into the prison industrial complex and then they're unable to access the resources to get themselves off of drugs. I got myself off of drugs. I used methamphetamine for a short period of time, about three weeks. My friends may or may not have made it out. I have a friend, his name's Gunnar Swan. He was not too much of a friend of mine, but I knew of him. And another kid, Jordan Flowers, these kids were friends. And they knew the same kids. They grew up in the same area, I believe. I don't know. I didn't know them that well, but I had friends that were really good friends with them. My friend Alan had Gunnar Swan die in his arms as Jordan Flowers shot him in the back of the neck while he was on Xanax. This is real life, you know, and people die, unfortunately, but it doesn't yeah. have to be that way, you know? And these yeah, we're, we're, medicines are available. The knowledge is available. It's free. It's on YouTube. Huberman Lab, you know. Dr. Rhonda Patrick, you can learn and empower yourself to take care of yourself. No one can do it for you. No one can get you off of drugs. No one can, can stop you from doing what you need to do to live a healthy life. It's a choice. And now I understand what yeah. Kanye West talks about when he says that slavery is a choice. You know, at a certain point, it is. Because you've got to take your life into your own hands and learn to educate yourself. I don't have a college degree, you know. But I, I've learned to understand these things. And there's certain people who don't want that knowledge out there unfortunately and these are the same people that this is the same way of thinking that creates ideology as hitler and power over other and it's the dehumanization when i was in mexico coca-cola sells all the water yeah and they've got yeah. water in these plastic jugs 20 liters and they let them bake in the sun all day long on purpose and then they give 
they sell it to the people, you know? And there was a woman down there, a police officer, when I was at this police station in Oaxaca, in Puerto Escondido, she told me there's not any water. And I said, what are you talking about? What about all the water in the rivers? What about the rain? The rain there is incredible. I've never seen rain like that. You know, yeah. it doesn't rain like that up in Alaska. No, it's it just rains jungle. all day. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, it rains hard and day. strong. Yeah, it rains hard and there's power in the land there. And I want to go back there and learn from the indigenous populations in the hills. And we need to respect their land. There's a lot of people there in Puerto Escondido that love Maria Sabina. There's a lot of people that really have a lot of hate in their hearts for her because they changed the way people live there. I don't want to change the way people live. I want to give people the choice. Do you want to live in a way where you're poisoning yourself and you just don't know? Like ignorance is bliss because you just don't know. Or do you want to choose to do things a different way? You can do whatever you want. I just want to be in an environment where that can happen. I want to be yeah, in there's, there's this term yeah. called a uh, mindset work, you know, so so like when we get into the cold, yeah, you can force yourself into it, right? You can suffer or you can yeah. make a mind, you can make a mindset that says I'm going in and I'm going to stay in. And the same thing is true with making any change in your life. I mean, we're talking about water, but we can we can go further than that. We can look at GMOs that are in our food. We can look at different uh -huh. dyes and colors to make them more appealing, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I would say probably the the. I don't know this. I don't know the actual fact on this, but I would say that like the Doritos and the, you know, all oh, the, those different colors, the, the flaming hots and all that stuff are very, very red, popular. Yeah. Red number 40 causes cancer. Yep. They know it. Yeah. They still sell it in the United yep. States because there's people that make money off of people with cancer. Unfortunately, yep. Chaga cures cancer. Turkey tail cures cancer. I believe this 100%. And lion's mane too, right? Lion's mane is one of the ones that, that really has been known to be a, a cancer cure, isn't it? I'm not sure, maybe, but I know I, the lion's mane is something yeah. that, that Paul Stamets was giving his mother when she was diagnosed. If I remember right, he was giving it to her yeah. as a daily supplement. And in his stack, he does recommend lion's mane along with niacin, which I'm not the biggest fan of niacin personally. Um, it's just not, it makes yeah. me feel not so good. I don't, I don't enjoy yeah, there's how I feel alternative to niacin like the sauna. The purpose of niacin is that it opens up the vasculature in the brain. And there's some new research coming out with uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick has been talking about this. There's new research that maybe the Alzheimer's and dementia is not entirely related to the plaque theory, which is mm. what lion's mane has been shown to break up the plaques in the brain. And, but there's other things that are involved potentially like that the blood vessels are atrophying due to our lack of activity you know the mm. indigenous and the people of the past used to walk and carry water and do all this now today we just sit around you know yeah yeah comfort and comfort got yeah. the obesity problem and so i think that's what's playing into it also is that there's the lack of blood pressure in the brain. Blood, the vasculature in the brain is stagnant in today's culture. It's not 
expanding and contracting like it used to because people used to go in the sauna and then they used to get in the cold water they knew about this medicine and somewhere along the line we forgot somewhere along the line we forgot a lot of things there's machu picchu with these i want to go there so bad and the pyramids there's these hundred ton blocks of stone that are just bored out solid blocks of stone and they knew things that we have forgotten or i haven't been there either and i would like to you know we not everybody's forgotten it there's some people that know yeah i would like to go there i actually put it on my vision board um uh early this year my vision board and it has a picture of peru and uh an airplane now the airplane itself is actually at a different airport but it really doesn't matter the mountains are in the background and it says peru and i'm definitely manifesting that too because i think potentially kind of entertain this idea with me Braden, that as we became more comfortable as we began rely upon relying upon things that are not connecting us back to nature that certain knowledge has maybe been taken from the earth if you will or forgotten on from the earth it's been hidden hidden yeah so it's been hidden in in different ceremony and processes and that's why to do something like um for instance a sweat lodge so so that's something that that i facilitate and 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 it's done in many many cultures with lots of them people have been doing sweats forever to to reconnect to do ancestral work to to go into the womb of of of, you know go into the womb and heal has Mm -hmm in a way been hidden you, you can't just go to your neighbor and be like hey I, let's build a sweat because you don't know the knowledge to actually do it properly sure you can go in there and sweat like a sauna that's cool but the actual medicine from many of that comes from song from prayer and then from the medicines at least in the med- at least in the in yeah. the sweats that the anipis that i go to and lead we use osha root we use mm-hmm. um eucalyptus we use lemon verbena we use even lavender and we use tobacco, not as tobacco. And so when I, it's very interesting when I talk about tobacco with those who are not connected to medicines, they think, uh-huh. but, you're not, but, but you're not a smoker. And I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. But I, cer- but I but certainly I partake in medicine. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's not, it's not a, it's not done in that way. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for elders who are, allowing these ceremonies people like maria sabina you know and elders who are allowing this medicine to go to other cultures especially blended cultures that are anglo-saxon who are caucasians people who are not they're they're so far taken away from their roots but you could ask somebody like oh i'm irish and scottish and but they don't really know their traditions that go along with that or you know you could say that like every culture has had some sort of medicine. And so, you know, for me being a, a, a blend of, of races, I am connected to the land that I live on. And I live in indigenous Native American land. This is uh-huh. certainly, this was, this is the Lakota, the Paiute and the Navajo, even the Ute and the Anasazi were here at one time. There's not many remnants uh-huh. of them anymore, but the Ute and the Anasazi were here. And so I'm, I connect myself to the medicines of the land rather yeah. than where I might've been way down the road ancestrally. 
I live where I walk and this is the medicine that's provided to me. And when I'm in Alaska, I commune with Alaskan medicine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we're of the earth. We're not, we're not our bodies. You know, the people get so caught up on this and people honestly are so racist. People are racist against themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, they, they've been taught that. They've been brainwashed by society. They've been led to believe things about themselves that is not true. They've forgotten who they are. And we are, we are all one, you know? Have you, uh, are you familiar with Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot poem? You familiar with that? No. Because um, you just said it in a, such a beautiful way. It's exactly like that. Um, <laughs> so if, if you're familiar with, 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 with him at all, I'm going to put on my glasses. I'm going to read this. I think it's a great, what you're saying is exactly what, um, oh man, it's just beautiful. So let me just, let me just say this to you. So there was a... Um, a, a satellite it was called voyager right so voyager went out into space right and it, and it at one point um turned around to look back at earth okay now regardless of what you believe about space or whatever because i have some, my own interesting theories about space and how things function uh -huh. and you know i'm not we're not going to dive, dive too deep into that today because that's a whole other concept <laughs> about flat earth and the, the firmament uh -oh. and every and everything else, but we're not going to get into that. But ba basically, in, in Carl Sagan, who was a member of this missions imaging team, he was a, a psychologist. He was also like a scientist, really amazing. And when it looked back at Earth, it saw like this sun ray, and Earth was just this tiny, tiny, itty bitty blue dot, right? You can barely see it. And he wrote about the foot the photograph that was taken, and I will summarize it because it's a longer i highly recommend you read it but he said everyone you love everyone you know everyone you ever heard of every human being who ever was lived out their lives on that pale blue dot and he talks about every saint every sinner every you know and he just goes through every particular um scenario and yet we find ourselves so distant when we when we talk about for instance what's happening in gaza right now right how we're uh, just so separated from that. Uh, you know, I don't I, even I, know anything about what's going on there. Yeah, because you were in Mexico, yeah. But, but there's, a, there's a lot going on, and we find ourselves so separated. Matter of fact, most Americans don't even know their neighbors. Let's just be real. You don't even know your yeah. neighbors. God. So if we, don't, if we don't know our neighbors, but yet we are all on this pale blue dot together, our ecosystem, which I can tell you, our ecosystem hasn't forgot that we're on a small little planet floating at, you know, millions of, or thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles an hour revolving around something. And with a purpose, I really believe that, that we have a purpose of being here, that our ecosystem is absolutely perfect to sustain uh -huh. life, to, yeah. to sustain life, to the, the right amount of light, the right amount of water, the right amount of precipitation. And we know that humans, we think we're dominant here, but Nature takes back things when, no, when, when humans aren't around. Yeah. Nature <laughs> takes it all back and goes, you know what? You're going to, you're going to try to mess with me. I was watching this video. It's going to die yeah. off like the, the cultures of the past that Graham oh, yeah. Hancock talks about, you know? Oh yeah. I was watching a video and it was in San Diego and it was basically this 
hill and you're, and it was, you could just watch the whole thing crumbling. The whole mountain came down and it was just because wind and water had eroded it and it finally just, and that's the kind of stuff that we don't get to see very often because we're so um, secluded from nature in some ways we don't see it, but you know, floods that happen. I went and visited a ghost town this week and the, the ghost, it was 1922. It had a flood in it and just took out the whole town. It was just like, you're done. It was a small town, but it, none, nonetheless, it was, now it's a ghost town. I'm sure they're all over Alaska too, where there's abandoned buildings that just nature said, I'm taking this back. And yeah, yeah. You don't have much of a choice. You're going to fight it? There's a couple it? of Good those luck. around. There's one in Whittier where there's a... Okay. I think that place has a bunch of asbestos in it though. And, oh, uh, yeah, don't go, don't, don't go really, there. <laughs> in Alaska, there's not very many old buildings. It's only been a state since the 50s. And so, and the settlers before that. So there's really, there's not old, old, uh, like American history here. Yeah. There's old Russian lineage. There's old Native American. Native Alaskan lineage here. And we're talking with the elders. My mom's talking with the elders. She's organizing elder retreats. And you all can come to the apiary hostel. It's gonna be, but it's still in the works. It's here in Palmer, Alaska. I've also got hostel in Girdwood, Alaska that I'm working on that I managed for the past year and a half. So this is a shameless plug to what we've got going on here. And uh... <laughs> no, I, I I agree. I think the listeners need to. I mean, when I when I came out there to Girdwood, I mean, well, both of them. I was at both places, but just to see what you're what out in the open, some of the 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 mushrooms that you're growing, some of the permaculture that's happening, the the going back to nature rather than forcing. I don't know. You, I'll give you a good example. Like here in the desert, people trying to grow grass is silly. They try to grow grass, yeah. they overwater it, they, they fertilize it, they do all kinds of stuff. It's a wasted resource. And yet, <laughs> you know, but in Alaska, where it's wet all the time, at least in the summer, and that's environments where it's cooler was where the, these mushrooms thrive. The, the Pacific Northwest, they thrive there. And so what we really need to do is move into a something that I'm working on, I guess I could share it since we're a plugging, but we're working on a, a big communal property here in Southern Utah, where it will be what's called the 508. I believe it was called the Sovereign Nation. And essentially taking ourselves out of government's um, view and creating by all essential purposes, a commune that allows there to be permaculture, that allows there to be water collection, which is not illegal, but it's certainly um, regulated. Um, in, in the 50 states to, to collect water from rain um, if you're using it for consumption. Um, and uh, being off-grid in some states is not fully legal to, to collect solar power to power your life. Um, they require you to be yeah. on the grid and give back your, your excess. You know, I've yeah, been, been van-lifing for two years. Yeah, I've been van-lifing for two years and my water, I've had not an issue. I've had power, not an issue. Um, the, the only things that I've had difficulty with is regulating the areas in which my upbringing told me what comfort and discomfort were. So in the hot summers, I, I have to go through that work and go, okay, this is, I, this will yeah. pass. 
in the winter when it's really cold, I have to chop firewood and I have to, uh, I have a little stove in my, in my van and I have to feed it wood in the middle of the night. And that's just the way it is. It's just part of the process. And I think when uh -huh. we get back to nature, when we get back to in its most raw form, like you growing mushrooms on logs in the front of the, the hostel there in Girdwood, that is the beauty. Let's get rid of front lawns and let's put in front yeah. gardens. It's such an illusion and a delusion. These lawns are terrible. You know, they're polluting the planet. People are using this Roundup glyphosate. Glyso yeah, I think that's how you say that. And they're just the weeds. We got to get rid of the weeds. It's this the sickness of the mind. The, the yeah. weeds are ugly. That's a thought. The weeds are beautiful. The weeds are flowers. The weeds, we need the weeds. We need the flowers. We you know, need, I was at, I was at, I was at yeah. the place in Palmer and I had never seen so many dandelions in my life. That's where you're at now. But I've never seen so many in my life. I was the most dandelions I've ever seen. And so we had to take pictures in front of them because we thought how beautiful are these dandelions. They are everywhere. And, you know, for some people they would call, they would want to spray them. I can't even imagine spraying all the dandelions that are on your property there in Palmer. That would take forever to try to regulate them and the cost that it would and the toxins and the dogs would be out there rolling around in it. I can't even imagine how you would do that, nor would you want to collect the dandelions, use them medicinally. I know they have some medicinal benefits. Yeah, dandelion root. I've, yeah. I've witnessed some, some older Asian women out there in the heat, you know, this past summer slash when you were around, they were, they were getting at the roots of the dandelion. They were up in the hills, you know, where there was away from the road away from the polluted because we pollute the roads all the time all this salt that goes on yeah. the road it, it's terrible then it all floods into the water system and then it pollutes the water system and then it pollutes our salmon so we've got salmon that are poisonous there's a reason why tuna has a bunch of mercury in it i don't believe it used to be like that you know i believe that's probably a new phenomenon yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of the we human beings have the influence to and the reach now to control nature to some extent we can control temporarily yeah we can control grows of lion's mane cordyceps we're now trying to work on inoculating chaga into into the trees to cultivate mm. chaga you know, and we, the government is supposed to protect us. It's written by the founding fathers. It's written by the, the people that know the, the Freemasons, you know, all yeah. of these sovereign individuals, we have sovereignty, but people want to take our sovereignty away because then they can make money and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you have some difficulty in uh, uploading this. You know, this is some things I've been experiencing here recently. Some some uh, difficulties with technology not functioning properly. But yeah, I mean, that, that could be lunar fine. events. I'm to work with the governments. I'm willing to work with them. I'm on their side. We need governments. 
We need to maintain the peace. We need the police. We can't defund the police. We need to upfund the police. You know, the police need to be educated in diet, in what these things are. Dialectical behavioral therapy, you know. I've got a book around here, Marsha Linehan. You know, they need to be educated in what these things are. I went to the military office yesterday, saw, talked to Staff Sergeant Torres here in Anchorage, Alaska. He just follows orders. You know, there's all these guys just follow orders, you know, and they just don't think for themselves, unfortunately. But we've got that right as human beings. And we need to take our power back. And I sound like I'm fucking being a revolutionary. <laughs> but you know it's a peaceful well, revolution it's a peaceful yeah transfer of power back to the people back to the land back to back to the earth you know it doesn't you know, have um, the power peaceful not revolutions are amazing the mushrooms are amazing <laughs> that's true actually you know I, I'm going to, I'm going to, after we get off this, I'm going to be sending you a Venmo because I would love a package from you of some of the beautiful things that you're growing up there. I yeah. know there's a, I want to read you something that I think that will be pretty amazing because you're talking about a peaceful revolution and there's a, a gentleman, you may have heard of him. <laughs> His name is Mahatma Gandhi and uh -huh. <laughs> Mahatma Ji. Yeah. And so he, you know, he was asked, uh, I guess what his, by a reporter you know he was during his peaceful march and he asked what um what his message to the world was like they were going to write it down he's like uh, you know we're going to write this thing down and it, it's longer than this i was going to read it to you i know the essence of it but, uh, but basically he said my life is my message that's what he said my life exactly. is my message and Rob, yeah you know if 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 we are expected to evolve, I would say that we've de-evolved more than evolved. Oh yeah. Um, if, we, if, if we're, if we're to evolve to the, to the level of what we see in Machu Picchu with the, the archi architecture and the technology, the communication, which I believe was telepathic in ancient Egypt. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. I've experienced gonna, it myself, you know, yeah, it's and, and, real. I've been able to visually see another human's brain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if we're going to get back to that level, these plant medicines, but I need some guidance. I need people like you who are older than me. I need elders. You know, that's a, the problem in America. We've forgotten our elders. We've just shucked them into the, yeah. into the, the old folks homes, you know? It's, well, I think if we're going to get back to terrible. that level of where we're communicating to, uh, you know, telepathically, if we're going to be building in the way that, that all these, you know, I, there's, there's just too many synchronicities. I mean, if, if you look at the, the, the pyramids of Giza and their perfect alignment to Orion and there, uh, there's just, there's so many um, things that are not synchronistic. They are deliberate and, uh -huh. the, and there's so much that we have lost including our connection to the foods we eat, including the water we drink, including the, our daily routines. I, I was telling my partner who you got to meet, I, I was telling uh, Kate that, you know, I, I don't like to start my days earlier than like 10 a.m. ever, if I can. Mostly because I would prefer 
to have my intentional activities in the morning so that I can be more connected, so I can be more deliberate, so that I can feel more um, that spirit that, that runs through us. If I am going to hurry up and jump out of bed and go do a task, I know that I'm going to feel slightly disconnected and probably a little agitated. But when I yeah. can wake up in the morning and commune with a, you know, I usually drink a blend of, of mushroom teas um, along with, you know, maybe I'll add turmeric or some other things that I know help me. And then I'll, I'll make sure I do my breath work. I'll do my ice bath. I'll do my meditation. And when I do these things, I feel more whole and I feel more connected to what I'm manifesting. And I know that you, you had some questions about manifesting. We, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing a lot of things come into your life recently. Some wanted, some unwanted, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm willing to uh, not talk about it, you know? Yeah. I'm willing to yeah. talk about it. I'm willing to not talk about it because we need to, we need to be careful and ease into this yeah. because a lot of people, they're, their consensus reality is these bubbles that people live in their their minds are fragile and if they gain access to this knowledge they could do some really aversive things and you know that is not what i want yeah it's not and not just what we talk about but it's also what we think about i think we are projectors by nature we project energy and oh, yeah. we, all, we can also receive it but the problem is many of us just like we just talked about with our pineal, are calcified to the idea that uh -huh. we are just as special, or I hate to say special is not the right word, as available to receive messages as priests, swamis, Jesus Christ, the Buddha. We're we're all we all have access to that, and yeah, it's 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 written in our DNA. It's written within our the fabric of our being, just like just like the chaga knows to go to the birch tree to grow and thrive. So uh -huh. do humans know to get back to earth and rejuvenate. And I'd like to maybe as we end podcast here, but just to to actually offer um, you know, first of all any 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 final words. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little breath work together for all of our audience to reconnect to themselves. And I'm also gonna do like a little meditation mostly with you as the inspiration, Braden, because I um, feel as though that energy and you and I can connect on a very deep level um, here, but also share our passions with the audience, all those who are listening, yes. and those who are wanting to learn more about, about mushrooms and not just tripping out on mushrooms. That's great and fine yeah. and dandy, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about making things sacred. We're talking about yeah, being religious freedom yeah the, the 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 freedom to commune with things that may have an altered state of consciousness just like yeah ice baths has an altered state of consciousness uh -huh. getting into a sauna has an altered state of consciousness fasting has an altered state of consciousness um uh -huh. long times without sleeping altered states of consciousness yeah eating a eating a psilocybin mushroom altered state of consciousness and we are indeed worthy of that communing with god we're we're worthy yeah, you've got to wield it wisely that's the main message you got to wield yeah. it wisely because yeah. these things are there and people know about them not a lot of people do these are esoteric things 
And so I want more people to know about it, but I want people to know about it in a way that isn't going to jeopardize their safety, their sense of well-being, because that can really happen. My friend merged his consciousness with mine under an experience with LSD, and I became terrified. Yeah. I thought that he wanted to kill me. You know, I was in a bad trip, so to speak. I was in a bad environment, you know? And so I had to flee the situation. I had to, I had to get him away from me because this is how the bad things happen. This is how the people jump out the window, you know, back in the day. This really happens, you know? This is not just propaganda from the government. The government is smart, very smart. And they know things that the people don't know about LSD, about everything like that, about dimethyltryptamine. They're studying all of this. And we need to work with them because they hold the keys, literally. So. Well, you know, that the set and setting is, uh, this has been told by many, many guides over and over and over that you know, when we don't have a reverence towards the medicine with the mindset going into it first and the proper setting that what can happen is a bad trip. So I guess I'll, I'll warn the audience, everything we're talking about, whether it be a functional or a medicinal mushroom, go in with guidance because too much of something could also, you know, not be good. I, I don't know that, I mean, most of the, for the most part, your body will just purge um, what's not necessary. Your body knows what to do. However, there is long-term psychological effects that could come with that purging. That's what you hear a lot about with DMT and the ayahuasca ceremonies, that that people actually are traumatized from their experience rather than healing in it because of they had a a bad setting. There wasn't the integration afterwards. So those who are listening and you're curious or you want to learn more, I highly recommend you seek out your local euthanogenic churches. Um, They tend to be the best source resources for um ceremonial and sacred um yeah. ceremonies euthanogenic churches tend to be really well we have you i know you have one up there actually i have a sticker the one up there in alaska yeah the organization is called akiak it stands a-k-e-a-c yeah. it stands yeah. for alaska entheogenic awareness council and we're working with people who are changing the laws yeah i know people who have contributed to changing the law in Oregon have written some of the law that is there this is fully possible and it's going to happen one way or another it's not I hope it does not follow the path of cannabis because cannabis has introduced another way for people to be asleep you can be asleep when you take psilocybin you can be asleep or you can wake up, you know, that's, yeah, it's in the usage. Yeah. The, the yeah, usage we have one here so in, um, in Utah, we, we have the euthanogenic church called the divine assembly. And I know there's one in, in California. It's just a matter of finding your local thing. And, and you're absolutely right about yeah. cannabis. You know, I think that I, w- I went into a dispensary the other day and there was a 120 milligram edible. And yeah. I, 
I, I was like, what in the world? Why would I want that? Why would I want that much in one dose? Yeah. That doesn't, I mean, and some people who are, uh, I'm quoting, air quoting here, potheads would be like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Give it all to me. But the truth is, yeah. Joey you, Diaz. You, you, you have created such a, a tolerance to cannabis that it takes that to get you there when really uh-huh. to commune with cannabis, to commune with it is actually a really good thing. To commune with it is wonderful to have it as part. I, I have a friend of mine, she's down in San Pancho, Mexico, and she does, um, it's near Sayulita and, and Puerto Vallarta, but she does cannabis meditations and yoga. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous to to know that that it's still looked at as medicine and not as a way to get high. Like I, it, there was a time where I used um, cartridges, you know, little, and I, I, I don't vape. I don't, I think there's too many other products in those and it's just way too damn strong. I'd rather just have the beautiful yeah. flower and, and, and commune with it in the way that it was given to us by nature. Yeah. And the thing with the, this is the hemp has so many uses. Yeah. It makes clothes. Like I have clothes that are made of hemp. They're biodegradable. Yeah. We can make hemp plastics. I want to invent, uh, invest. It's already there. I don't have to invent anything. I'm not an inventor of nothing, of mm-hmm. anything. You know, I don't, I don't invent anything. I just learn from who has come before me, who I was in the past, you know, because I'm all of you and you're all of me. And I feel that. A lot of people don't feel that. And no, they, they feel disconnected and in their own worlds and their own dramas and their own stresses. And, you know, what's happening in Gaza or in Palmer, Alaska or in, you know, in southern Utah doesn't relate to them. And so, yeah, um, it gets it gets tuned off. But yet we are a we're all we're all of the seed, if you will. And this is a seed that is yeah, the, yeah. the seed of life. And if we don't come together soon, um, there, there, I, I do believe that, that at one point there was a great flood, and that that great flood was by yeah, design. This, this is all prophecy. This prophecy yeah. is coming to pass. This is all written down in the Bible. My friends yeah. have been telling me about this. I didn't believe them at first. You know, I was like just get out of here with that nonsense you know i don't have time i don't have time for that no ain't nobody got time for that you know and but we do have time we've that's the only thing we have is time we need to make time to stop and look at what we're doing because we're killing ourselves literally the only thing that doesn't change on this planet I, I want to talk about some things that are going on here in Anchorage that I'm trying to make moves on, but I am broke and I don't need money. I just need people's support and love and energy. And so in Anchorage right now on third and Ingra, there's been a homeless encampment there. My friend Apollo, he's all over the news you can look him up and ADN, look up ADN. He's got a grant from the state. He used to own the Bubbly Mermaid, a bar in downtown Anchorage. He's a mover and shaker, you know, and he's housing these homeless. The mayor told him that the homeless don't need water. That's what he told me. Mm. You know, the homeless don't need water. 
So he went and bought a fire truck with this grant money and he wants to convert it into a bathhouse. My dad owns a plumbing and heating contracting company, a mechanical contractor. We can make it happen. I just need the love and support from the people around me. You know, we can get these people off the streets, reduce the crime. It's a real possibility. We just does, have, uh, have does to Apollo do it. have a like a GoFundMe or anything like that that you can? No, but I have a Venmo, and you could Venmo Akiak. You need to look into Akiak. Okay. We need we need their support. And so uh, that would be that'd be cool. You know, there's actually a company in um in Orlando, and I don't remember the name of them now. I'll have to look it up and send it to you later. Maybe the listeners will will chime in on comment on this. But there's actually in Orlando. They taken old uh, school buses and yeah. city buses, and they turned them into bathhouses, and they drove them around town to the different areas and used yeah. them as um, you know showers. And they had a barber that would would ride along and cut hair. Yeah. And they would and get people cool. jobs, get them back in society. You know, because so, people fall in into the cracks and they just stay there and they die. They overdose on fentanyl. They overdose. And we have Narcan freely available. We just need people who know how to use it. Everyone should have access to Narcan on every corner. But that's not the case because it's on purpose. You know? Yeah. We have a choice. As we get back to um, as we get back to as we get back to nature utilizing tools that we know work for us, I think we become more conscious as a collective. And that's where I think uh, I'd like to kind of summarize this is, you know, as we utilize the tools that have been given to us by nature and where, you know, where, wherever we live, you know, we, we can notice destruction all over the world. We can notice pollution. We can notice, or we can notice that trees continue to grow and that mushrooms thrive yeah. and that, and that we have so much. And as we become more conscious personally, we yeah. become more conscious globally and i'd like to i'd like to maybe offer this to our listeners and to you Braden, is a way for us to commune together on a more of a instead of a conversation but more on a spiritual level together um, yeah. the way we did when i was up there um Definitely so uh, you know get into I, it i'd like to offer what we call a heart coherent breath and i'm just going to do that and lead us right into a meditation but um so for our audience um, you know, just a, a quick summary. You can, you know, the, the if you want to help out, I will put Braden's information in the comments below, and I will also put Akiak's information if you would like to donate or support what they're doing with euthanogenic medicine or helping the homeless. There's a lot going on, and really, it's about becoming involved and caring more about the planet, caring more about your community, even locally, than caring about you know, if your bills are going to get paid today, or if your outfit looks okay, really just thinking more outside of your personal situation and knowing that as a community, we can thrive, even though you may not have found your purpose or your dharma yet. You don't know exactly why you're here. You don't know what your purpose in life is yet. And that's okay. You don't need to know what your purpose in life is to be a conscious thinker. And so as you maybe close your eyes or sit down or lay down. As you decide to get settled, those who are you know, listening to this as a recording, you may find that you're a little uncomfortable, maybe even with some of the topics we discussed today. You may find that um, 
they don't all resonate with your personal belief system because you may have been taught another way, another way of life or in a different place, or you may have had more privilege, or even me saying you have more privilege might feel offensive to you. And that's a, a really great place for us to begin to explore, for us to say, okay, this is where I'm at today. This is where I've been at since birth. And this is where I could be in the future. As you decide that all you really are in this very moment is a soul having a human experience. And that may be hard for some to, to grasp. I'm a soul having a human experience. I'm a soul having a human experience. Just like the souls that, that you hear about um, who have been very influential on the planet, maybe the souls who have um, done great things and you're saying, well, well I want to do great things, but how do I do that? Well, it starts with your own personal consciousness and it starts with your passion. And as you decide to settle down with me and maybe, maybe close your eyes, if that feels comfortable, you can. If it doesn't feel comfortable, then that's okay too. Just taking a long gaze to the end of the room or something that's not moving. I invite you to begin to offer a breath that is yours. That is not a directed or guided breath. It's just you saying, I'm breathing now. I'm gonna breathe in through my nose. Perhaps let it go down to your belly and then release fully from top to bottom. Making a dedication here as you breathe in, to not tell any stories, to just simply be with the feeling of breath coming and going. As awareness is the foundation to our positive change, let go of an exhale here, grounding perhaps your feet onto the ground, or maybe your back onto the bed that you're laying on. I invite you to breathe in to a pattern of four counts in, two, three, four, and six counts out, all the way down, three, two, one. Breathing in for four, belly rises, the heart lifts. And then you release six counts all the way down. You can do the counting here. I want you just to breathe in this pattern, four counts in and six counts out. And as you breathe in this flow and releasing and grounding in this same flow, with maybe hundreds, if not thousands of people at the same time breathing in with you and connecting with a purpose that is, I am here now. I am in this place now. And as you exhale, perhaps feeling the energy, maybe even the warmth underneath your feet. The earth is not just dirt. There is life force. There is joy. There is struggle. There is happiness. There is frustration. There is contrast that all happens underneath our feet, a whole ecosystem. And as you breathe in, you recognize that feeling drawing up to and through you. And as you exhale, six counts all the way down, you release back love and connection and appreciation. I'd like you to stay with this rhythm of four counts in and six counts out. Just on your accord, maybe you bring your hands to your heart now this never-ending source of knowledge and life force that's within us. And as you breathe in, perhaps you feel the heart quicken. And as you exhale, 
you feel yourself, the energy, grounding more. Breathe in for four, three, two, one. Now exhale for six, all the way down. Three, two, one. Breathe in for four. And out for six, all the way down. Now with your hands possibly at your heart or just your awareness at your heart, I'd like you, even though you're using your nose, to imagine you're breathing in through the space near your heart, letting it go behind your heart into the space behind your heart. And as you release, exhaling through the space behind your heart, bringing it in to and through you in the front of your heart and out through the back of your heart. This place of compassion, of forgiveness, of love, of your sense of who you think you are. There was knowledge in your heart before your brain was ever created. Before it was fully developed, your heart was beating. Breathe in, four, three, two, one. Exhale for six, all the way down. As you breathe in, there might be stories of ways that you would like to influence the world or how you would like your life to be blessed. Abundance, success, opportunities, health, joy, love. I'd like you to see if you can with your exhale, release those stories, release them all the way out. Just saying, I'm releasing these stories. And then breathe in again for four, three, two, one. Exhale for six. Quieting the whirlwind of the mind. It's still gonna spin around inside your head. However, you can sit within the eye of the storm like we do within a hurricane. The eye of the storm, the place of peace and of calm. And here you are just breathing with thousands of people all with the same intention. I believe that we are communally and globally connected and that our energy can multiply as we all have the same ideals and as we all have the same intention. And today, the intention, as we breathe in, that we come closer together, that we find love within our hearts for others, but we don't find ourselves separated by our economic status. Exhale that all the way out. Just as you breathe in, that we can help and influence others as we share conscious ceremony, as we share conscious food, as we share conscious water, and then you exhale all the pollutants, all the GMOs, all the ideas that we're supposed to subscribe to, to be healthy. We breathe in the natural way, four counts in, and we exhale six counts out, all the way down. We are a one giant consciousness, just like the mycelium that runs underneath the trees through the forest. We are one giant consciousness that we are able to influence our neighbors, our community. Just as our elders once influenced us, we stopped listening and as we breathe in, we are here. We are here to affirm we are listening. I am listening, I am listening. And as you let go, you let go of expectation, you let go of controlling and you simply reside. Taking four more breaths like this. Four, three, two, one. Exhale for six, all the way down. Three, two, three more breaths. In for four, out for six. Breathing together globally with our intention. Breathe in for four. Belly rises, the heart lifts, and then you release all the way down for six. This is our last heart conscious breath here, this heart coherence. Breathe in for four. Exhale for six. 
As you get to the bottom, all of us take a giant breath all the way to the top and hold it. Filling your lungs, your space within the space. Take another sip in, just another. And release it fully with a sigh all the way down. As you move back into your normal breath, your space of being, where you live, be gentle to yourself. Be kind. We can't change the planet in a day, but we can influence our neighbors. We can help those who are suffering. We can alleviate suffering by simply showing up in an authentic way that says, your problem is also my problem. We reside in the same community. How can I help? When we realize that money is simply an energy exchange, when we realize food is an exchange of energy, when we realize water is an inherent right of all beings to have clean water, so our hearts open our minds open and this is where we're truly free thanks for joining me today on life as an observer